Welcome to Major Convos. We are passionate about education and we want to share our learnings whilst learning with you. I'm your host, Corey Bowles, and joining me every episode is Matt Tenkate. Hey, how you going? Good, good. Hey, mate, uh, today we're going to be talking all things training organizations. All things. Wow, that's well, a, a uh, big elephant to eat in one episode. but It is. It's probably a lot to unpack in one episode, so we won't. We will probably be talking about this numerous times over different episodes. So, But we wanted to get started and thought we might as well start at the beginning. Uh, what is an RTO? Well, I guess everyone abbreviates it these days, but a registered training organisation. I guess there are fun facts for you. is There's over 4,000 in Australia. Oh. And... Um, more than 4 million people get skilled by RTOs um, in Australia every year, which is quite amazing. I didn't know that the numbers were that high, but um, and it's the, the biggest way people in Australia get educated. There you go. So I I guess we make a part, our business is a you know, small part of that um, huge industry and it's a you know, pretty dynamic industry, always changing, different in every, uh, you know, amazingly different in every different state, in every state. <laughs> it's like going to a different country it is state. yeah it is amazing sometimes that we feel like we you know we're not far from the new south wales border but it can be uh very different from how things are done in queensland even yeah. though we're uh, we're achieving the same national qualification so and not all things are to that i guess is important to let people know that rto typically a lot of people would refer to tafe and they refer to apprenticeships and traineeships but obviously rto is also like they deliver accredited and non-accredited training yeah well they i mean i I don't know the number of units of competency is in the tens of thousands and i think um you know the federal government have identified that in the last few years about trying to simplify that a little bit um you know there's cross skills across in across industries that you know are shared skills so um some sensible thinking there's obviously going on but you know slowly it goes it goes slowly as we know in the um in the space but you know the vet i guess the vet sector is you know vocational education and training if, you, if you're looking for a term one yep. thing in this industry is they're really good with acronyms so you hear them all the time <laughs> um, yeah got to keep up with that yeah you got the library of those alone yeah you you've got to keep up with the lingo and and you know they start the qualifications i guess are very broad and diverse you know from a cert one skill sets units competency all the way through to you know cert three, four diploma, advanced diploma. It's pretty, uh, you know, there's a there's, lot. There's a lot. So, Hence uh, not covering everything <laughs> in one episode. I reckon <laughs> that's a fair, fair call. I don't know if we'll, we'll touch all the bits. But, you know, I guess one thing to, you know, consider is you hear the word TAFE used a lot when they're doing vet type of learning as TAFE. But TAFE maybe in Queensland is referred quite often to your public um, sector organisation. So they're run by the government. Um, and then there's obviously RTOs who are private sector. Um, but, but technically everybody is TAFE. Everyone is TAFE. Yeah. So, you know, if you come to a private organisation like ours, um, you know, it's it's TAFE for lack of a better word. And, you know, it, I guess the way that we deliver is no different than um, how TAFE do it. We'd probably maybe... It's a little bit different. Well, yeah, we, you know, <laughs> I guess, yeah, there's there's an opportunity in all all, uh, all markets to do things differently and, and they they have their model and, and we have our, our model, the very traditionalist uh, but you know, there's things that we don't know about them, and you know, we I guess would be great to talk to them how yeah, they absolutely. how how they how they see the industry. Um, you know, there's things that TAFE get that we don't get in private sector industry, and and you know, that's as much as up to government as um, as we can influence. Absolutely, we don't want to unpack that. That's an episode in itself. <laughs> but um, I think you, your point is valid, though. We do want to 
we are planning to have other guests even within our own space. Um, we're going to be covering a lot of different topics to a lot of different types of employment and training and business in general. So there's going to be guests from all shapes. But yeah, we'd love to get TAFE on here at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, and their view, I guess, of the the vet sector may be different to ours because they have a different lens that they're looking through. You know, ours, we're private sector, privately funded. You know, RTOs generally are resourcing things themselves. Um, yeah. You know, they aren't, they don't, they don't have access to public funds to build facilities generally, but, um, you know, we also do get the benefit of having access to funding um, at different levels that help fund people into those qualifications or units competency or skill sets, depending on what, you know, what level of government we're, um, we're working with. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, any of the guests we get, I'm, I'm looking forward to just learning from, the, you know, I guess their lessons and the stuff that they go through and TAFE will, will definitely have some pretty unique ones, I'd imagine, given their, their broad scope and the so- sheer size and volume that they would be dealing with, I think, is uh, is a whole other thing to consider. Yeah, I'm sure they've got pl- – and they probably have plenty of stakeholders they've got to, um, you know, accommodate. That's maybe why the private sector is is pretty good because they can respond maybe more fl- – or dynamically or more flexibly because yeah. there's less stakeholders that they have to um, engage with. So, you know, that's when we make a choice in our business to pursue a qualification or a client comes to see us and asks us if we can do something, you know, we'll take a Got view less of that. constraints. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we can we can we can sort of maybe make a decision quickly and respond. So I think that's you know, that's certainly in the private sector um, a responsibility that we have. But you know, I guess the vet sector we, we I this topic sort of jumps so all over the place because yeah. there is so many levels and if we just focus on obviously RTOs but you know there's CRICOS which is for international college there's Elios which is English colleges yeah um, we'll get them on too yeah we'll try and talk to those Absolutely. those organizations but you know we are just focused on domestic student yeah training delivery I don't think people would realize actually that there are like I was, I was speaking to someone on the weekend about what I do here what what our business is and you know with the easiest way to explain it generally is like TAFE, but private. That's a and good, that's a really, you know, it's a really simple. Yeah. Because otherwise it can be really complicated trying to explain it because there are so many different things. But we were talking about the fact that the internationals and I had no idea about how the international stuff works. And, you know, even for myself, I'd love to learn more about that. So we'll definitely get some guests that play in that space. Yeah. I, I, I want to learn something from um, some of those organizations. They deal with certainly different challenges than we yeah. We face different, you know, different regulators, and you know, I guess in the vet sector, you've got to remember you're regulated by many, many levels of government. You know, ASQ was, obviously the tier that run, manages the qualifications at a whole, but you know that then it falls down to state level, and it can also le- be led by industry level. Mm. Um, there's contracts, you know, there's contracts, funding. There's so many moving parts that um, that influence obviously the operation of an RTO and its um its performance. Those pieces, you know, are complicated and change from state to state. So it's... You mentioned that before and obviously we... I said it was like different countries. Yeah. It's... It is hard to understand that, isn't it? Like you could... You could have a conversation with someone in New South Wales and the way things are done, the lingo, like pretty much everything from top to bottom can be different in some respects. Yeah, well, we, I mean, as a practical example, like we can, we, let's call one qualification that we've got in carpentry. Mm. You know, we, we're based on the Gold Coast. We can drive six hours west and still be in Queensland. 
and deliver, deliver, carpentry. deliver carpentry training, you know, flexibly to an employer with an apprentice and um, it's going to be funded by the government, that training for the apprentice. And we can go f- 30 minutes south <laughs> into New South Wales we from the Gold Coast. Invisible wall that says no go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we can cross the border and we can deliver that qualification because we are nationally accredited. Yeah, but, but no funding. But no funding. And, um, you know, that's, that's I guess, you know, in terms of how you operate your business always becomes um, a bit of a challenge. doesn't mean that we can't operate down there, but, you know, I like to use the term, it's like the, um, the golden ticket or, you know, Willy Wonka's factory you 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 can't um you don't play you can't get to play if you don't have the ticket in that funding you know it's hard to compete if you go up to an employer and say i can deliver your apprentice training but you're going to pay full freight for that as opposed to if you if you know if they can get access to government funding then of course they're going to go down that model well that in itself is a whole other topic but just touching on that the funding piece is important to understand like because we're going to have people that are guests to talk through how this can benefit individuals looking to get into traineeships, apprenticeships, employers. But the funding piece is a big, big beast to understand, which a lot of people, I think it's improved. People's understanding of it has improved. But you go to university, you're you're shelling out whatever you're shelling out to do your chosen qualification. Whereas in this sector, you can be paid, employed and do the training and have very, very minimal outlay at all. Yeah, it's one of the best, I guess, it's the, one great, of the biggest benefits. Yeah, big, biggest benefits is to get trade, you know, trained while you learn. It's you know, it's paid for by the government. Um, you might, you know, an employer might, or you may be out of pocket with a small amount of student fees or whatnot while you're working. But you know, as opposed to someone who goes to university for three, four years to do a qualification and fifty, sixty thousand dollar, you know, hex debt. Yeah, and walk out at the end of it without a um without a guaranteed role, sometimes people who are finishing their, I guess, apprenticeship or traineeship, you know, they've guaranteed to walk into a role yeah, um, or they transition into a, you know, full-time worker at the organisation they're working at. I mean, that's a pretty attractive transition for people um, and a starting point to, you know, get upskilled. But, you know, that funding, again, how many topics do we want to touch today? It's like uh, funding's almost... Um, it's its it, own thing. <laughs> it yeah. could have its own thing, you know, at, a, at, at again, a state level... Um, it's just massive and it and it has many moving parts not just on how it funds the you know a student but it can also how it funds employers and i think you know we'll definitely grab that topic and um and jump into that uh, at a later date (laughs) yes we have to make sure that we have enough time on an episode we're not doing a four-hour podcast so four hours i I think you you were going to say four weeks well yeah (laughs) It's, it's a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack. What about like, is there things, you know, we often talk about this, but in this industry, is there certain things that um, I guess you'd love to see improve, changed? Well, you know, you were talking about before, like what what's an RTO and how do you describe it? You're talking to somebody on the weekend and you say, oh, I'm, you know, it's like TAFE, but pri- we're private. Mm. You know, I guess a couple of years ago, you people you'd have to always explain to them what a training organization was you know they they didn't know um or you'd say an rto and they wouldn't understand what that was that's certainly changed and changed for the better but it it had to go through a path of difficult times if i tell people i work for a training organization they think it's personal training oh yeah almost every single time (laughs) 
That's just because of the way you look. <laughs> oh, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> hey, I'm glad we got that recorded because I've never actually had you say something nice like that before. Oh, really? Thank well, you. I could. I won't say anything more because it might be. It might be. It might be mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Anyway, back on topic. <laughs> You've lost your way. I've now, lost see? my way. I'm like, wait, I'm just, I was just looking into your eyes. Yeah, you just got distracted. <laughs> That's going to happen on this podcast from time to time. So get used to it. <laughs> what about no like words. collaboration? Like that's something in this in this sector that I noticed when I first came into this area. I found it interesting that there like seems to be a lack of collaboration for the most part. Oh, it's one of the it's one of the bugbears of this industry. There's um, all of us doing so many things, you know, that are the same thing, but we're all doing it separately, and it just seems insane. You know, yeah. we 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 have RTOs around the country all working feverishly hard to create material that for a national assessment instrument or a national, you know, unit of competency, I should better say better say that, um, you know, in my view, is an inefficient process. You know, we are all wanting, I believe, you know, I think the, the 95% rule, 95% of people in this industry are doing it for the right reasons and yep. they want to, you know, educate people, but to spend all this time, all these layers of administration, compliance and all that, um, geez, it'd be nice to collaborate with more RTOs to share that burden of, of resource development. Yeah. You know, th- I guess sharing the cost would allow people to get better resources, be more efficient, make them more profitable. You know, what's what's wrong? The benefit is for industry totally. at the end of the day yeah. too. Better product, you know, yeah. cheaper industry, you know, it makes it, there's just so many benefits in it, but... You know, it takes. Um, it's one of those things in this industry that I've always, always challenged to understand. You know, we worked in the plant hire industry, and people, you know, were far more collaborative. You know, there's people that, you know, certainly you didn't like from time to time, but by by and large, there was, you know, a lot more collaboration. If you were short of a piece of equipment, or you needed some advice, or you needed a, somebody to help you fix something in a part of the country that you didn't have your connections, you would always be able to reach out to somebody. But yeah. Um, the RTO sector's certainly, you know, got a way to go in that in that collaboration piece. I think. Yeah. Well, hopefully this podcast can help break down some of those walls. I think we want all of our listeners, and hopefully we do get some listeners from from people within our industry that happy for them to reach out. We're all we're always very open and and like to communicate and collab. If there's anything like that possible, I put that out there. But I think too, um, something I noticed is that you know what you just said at the very beginning of this is how many people go through this sector each year in training is that there's a lot of work out there. There's a lot of opportunity. So there's, and any, anyone you talk to that's in this industry talks about their challenges pretty openly. So we definitely need to do a better job of trying to, I guess, problem solve and, and help each other. And technology is a big part of that. We've got, um, you know, the RTO world feels a little bit behind the eight ball sometimes when it comes to that. There's some, yeah well i guess you chuckle but it's because it's a bit of a laughing situation sometimes just how backwards we are with that stuff well i think i think that's influenced also because it's you know it's very much a compliance led you know so everyone's trying to make sure they cover boxes but they're not also looking for how do we make you know the best product you know qualification you know the way that systems work to be most efficient and you know get get the students spending the time where it values is most valued, which is time with the, the trainer or time with the, you know, the learning material, not in, you know, doing the administration or, you know, filling out a hundred forms or 
yeah you know, that that doesn't add any value to the student's experience it's it's more about how how good the trainer is you know wh- how, you know the content and making sure that it's relevant and, and up to date yeah well you you always say around the trainer or you think about school with your teacher like you remember you always remember the best one oh yeah i I, I say you always remember the worst one. Yeah, there's two things you remember. You always, you can always. Doesn't matter how old you are, you know, you can still remember the the worst teacher you had, and you can always remember the best teacher. Yeah, and I say it to all our trainers. You know, you don't. You want to be one of them. And you want to be remembered, <laughs> but yeah, for the right reasons. That's right. You want to be remembered for the right reasons. You don't want to be that latter, but uh, or you can be somewhere in the middle. But you know, the ones that the ones that do really who who leave that mark with you, um, you can speak of and you know, equally with the ones who don't do the right thing. Yeah. yeah. But you never, when you're 10 years down the track from your training experience, you don't go, oh, geez, the admin um, paperwork I get to, I got to fill out was the best <laughs> ever. It's yeah. not. It's I really not, enjoyed that. that. That was, that's not in anybody's, um, you know, uh, you know, feedback form that we get, is it? It's yeah. all about how was the... It was, it's all about the trainer yeah. and the training. Yeah, the facilities, the trainer, the content, It's it was, it was all about that. But the trainer is so important and... We should be trying to create an environment to free up that trainer to give the best learning, not just you know tick boxes and, and filtering. That's that's mm-hmm. where great learning, I think, you know, will come from. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing with this RTO world, and we're not going to get into all the detail about the funding and all the other things because they are their own episodes. But just some more generalized stuff, like it's a very up and down industry it's a roller coaster as we put it there's a lot going on at all times no two days are the same i think people probably don't realize that when you're dealing with this space there is yeah you don't want to be in this in, you don't want to be in this industry if you don't like change it's um you don't like change and you don't like juggling <laughs> multiple yeah. things yeah yeah it's, it's definitely not a set set and forget industry no it's not a set and forget and we we sort of moved on from the topic point before but you know the the what an rto is and the reputation and you know the industry getting recognized you said people think you're a in PT or, or whatnot, but I think that is a classic example of like the industry moving on. I think a lot more people know about registered training organisations and getting skills, and that's become a compliance thing because some jobs you work for, you've got to have licences yeah. or qualifications. But you know, the industry went through a pretty hard time there, probably seven years ago when Vet Vet Fee Help was around, and and there was a fair few providers well publicised that you know didn't do the right thing and. Um, you know, it wasn't just in vet for help in other in other funding realms, but that left a huge mark on um, the industry. And you know, I, as an example, you know, I was out and about, and you know, like I said earlier, never. We'd, it would always be hard to explain to people. You say, yeah. you, "I have a training organisation," and they'd be like, "You trade things, or you, oh, you've, <laughs> you tell us your story." Come on, yeah. Well, he's, you've, yeah. he's got a really good story about this. I'm keen to hear it. Let's get it on you tape. It. Yeah, you love this story. So <laughs> I was out and in town. And Sorry, so I was, in I was town? Out, yeah, in town. Clubbing, was, was it? Yes, I was out yeah. in a nightclub. And anyway, started talking to somebody and they were asking me, what do I do? And I said, well, I run a training organisation. And they were like, oh, you're one of those organisations that's been ripping everyone off. Ooh. And I was like, oh, that was brutal for two reasons, straight away without any context. Yeah. That's what they thought Just of you. lumped in as that. Because of all the media cycle that was going on at that time. How long ago was this? That was 2000 and. 15, 16, something around there. That was yep. when the height of all that vet fee help stuff was happening. Yeah. And a lot of the bad press. And, you know. The sign-ups sign at the shopping centre. Yeah. That's is a free iPad. 
all that stuff. Yeah, yeah it was full on, wasn't it? Yeah, people getting pulled up at that service stations, and yeah, it was. You know, the 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 sad part is the initiative from government was good. It just wasn't executed the best way, and yeah. and it led to, you know, a lot of unscrupulous people doing the wrong thing, and um, yeah, it left it's it left its toll on a lot of people. But the the thing that it did was it generated obviously awareness of the industry and you know being in you know if if you'd gone three years before that and i'd been in that same club and said something about a trading organization they thought i would have been trading shares or trading <laughs> farms farm supplies or something they never understood what a training organization what was, did you but, say back oh well i just said that that was my, slightly offensive because <laughs> they had no context or who i was and that they all grouped us into the same pool and, you know, the industry had to do some really hard work, government included, um, to try and get the, the reputation back of the industry because, you know, a person that had no context just was given some information about what industry you're in and all of a sudden they thought you were one of the dodgy providers. Yeah. You know, that... Was, well, the news was, do like a, a storyline. So yeah. A headline, I should say. And, of, of course, obviously all the good work that was done by good organisations yeah. was lost. There was no conversation about that it was all about how these people had been you know taking millions of dollars and not training people and and all that sort of stuff and you know we weren't one of those but you know to be thrown into the same was and and we weren't the only organization plenty of other organizations were thrown into the same loop and um you know that that was disappointing for the sector but it did provide profile yeah and now most people know what a registered training organization is they don't may not know what it actually does not the detail not the detail but it, they know that you you know you provide training and um yeah i guess that training that you provide is very diverse and and yeah very sector um specific yeah that's something we want to do on here as well is obviously highlighting some of the good stuff because that isn't broadcasted enough you know it yeah. is like you just said the the headline grabbing stuff is always usually the negativity there's enough negativity out there from every aspect of the world. Let's try and, you know, we actually have some incredible stories come through our organization and talking to others in this sector. There's always so many amazing stories of things that have occurred, people that have had incredible journeys and, you know, great successes. And we've got to celebrate them more. We want to highlight that more. We want to have some of those people on here talking about what, what it took for them and highlight some of that stuff and really try and promote that. Cause yeah, I think that, I think that's good, and that I, there's a lot of unsung heroes just in employers who are willing to you know train apprentices. You know, some yeah. that they're they're a massive part of the of the training of of the new next generation coming through. And you know, it's important the government supports that properly. But you know, we want to talk to all those people because there are plenty of good stories out there, and stories that don't always lead to you know maybe an outcome that ticks a, a data box that says. Oh, we've trained so many people, and, and when I talk about that, the example I think of is, you know, this we ran a certificate two program here for engineering, you know, for um, metal work, and you know, it was some young kids that were coming through, and they were still at school, and you know, we ran through the program for the period of time, and and then they came to graduation, and I was standing there at the graduation, and and this kid I was talking to him, I said, oh, how was it? Was it good? And he, oh, yeah, I enjoyed it. And I, I said, oh, so have you found an, uh, you know, apprenticeship? Are you you going into it? And he's like, oh, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was like, oh, well, at least that was a, that was a bit he of a. He found sh- what he didn't like. Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, that was a bit of a shock. Yeah. When he said that, I was thinking, oh, maybe we'd done something wrong. And so I asked him a few more questions. He's like, oh, well, no, I, li- I liked it. He said, but I, what what I didn't like was getting dirty. 
And I, <laughs> and, I, and I went, well, you know, it was probably good that he learnt that here yeah. at a Cert two level. He learnt some skills, but he also recognised that it wasn't the trade that he wanted to take as opposed to going into that trade, working somewhere and then going a year in going, you know what, I don't want to do this and doing something else. And, and it was funny because when I was talking to him, he goes, he goes, no, I've decided I want to get into um, hospitality. I want to be a chef. And, and I was thinking, geez, that's like, you know, you're under the heat of the, the, the kitchen and stress. And, thing, you know, yeah. people are, people are very impatient when their food doesn't come out <laughs> on yeah. time. And, and so, but you know, that was his choice. And, and that story always sticks out to me because it's like, that was a, that is a good news story. I think in terms of the, of government investing in early skilling, yeah, that gives people some choice to make better choices for yeah. their career. So, well, it is very hard to know what you want to do, and yeah. sometimes the title of a qualification or or a sector doesn't always it doesn't give it away, right? Like people that say I want to be an electrician, you could generally it's pretty generally obvious about what that looks like as a job for the most part, but some of the other trades are just not that obvious. Like engineering, you mentioned engineering with that young person, like. That can go in a hundred different directions. Yeah, even more. You wouldn't even people don't talk about it enough to yeah. share their experience. I know I've talked to a boat building, you know, and the guy that's running the boat building business. You know, he's been all around the world, and he started with just doing his you know boiler making ticket, and now he's you know he's an engineer, qualified engineer, and but he started doing his boiler making trade, went all around the world onto ships, and yeah. his story is quite incredible. But you never. You know, you don't walk out of school and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to be this CEO of a shipbuilding company Yeah. after having this pathway. That, that's not, that's just not how it happens. Definitely not. It's not that, not that easy. No, so, but, you know, <laughs> to your point earlier, we want to get those type of people on here so we can, talk, yeah. you know, share and hopefully inspires either a parent or, you know, the kids that are looking at options or what, what, where are all the pathways that I can take? Because it's, it's really in today's world, it's un. There's so many, yeah. Um, and there is so many supports. The government really does a good job. There is um, lots of industry supports that um, help, you know, mentoring and all sorts of other things to try and get people through that first stage of their their trade. Or you know, yeah, that's a real priority. And I think that there's some really good stories coming out of of that because that's one of the biggest challenges: getting people. No, like supporting people through the journey. Oh like yeah, there's just so much that happens in life, and especially as a younger person, that you do need all that support. There's a lot of that now, which is which is good. The government's yeah. invested in that. Yeah, and also you know setting realistic expectations. You know, people don't go to uni for four years, do a you know business degree, and walk out and become the CEO of you know Meyer yeah. or you know CBA. They've had a career, you know, many many years building to that. Yeah, um, it's no different to the trade you pick or qualification do you know we do short courses you know a machine ticket or you know that might be one thing that you do and that gets you into the civil construction career but where does that take you you could become a supervisor for a yeah you know it's it it might start with one unit of competency not a full qualification just yeah very true so to wrap this up um a couple of quick fire questions for you just to kind of get these quick fire i don't know if these are going to be quick okay we'll we'll try and make them quick fire (laughs) Matt doesn't just talk and talk and talk. Oh, two things, I love to talk. Two, <laughs> two things that you find or have found challenging in the RTO world. Two things I find challenging. Um, it's 
well, you know, it's never a sector that you can just rest on your laurels. You've, you know, that's that's not a, you know, that's a good thing, and it keeps you on your toes. And you, we've always got to be looking for how we change and and what we do. But I, I do think that this probably a better way to answer that question is the probably the frustrating thing, most frustrating thing in the industry is that a lot of the blame, you know, you get a bit of blame and, you yeah. know, there's always two sides to every story. There's always ways it could be done better. And I, we always say we're not perfect, but um, we will own anything that happens and, and, and move on. But, you know, I really don't like when, you know, we go straight to the, you know, the big punishment as opposed to understanding what's actually happened and, you know, moving forward through that. And, you know, the threats of an, running an RTO are big. If you lose your funding or, you know, your business is structured around what and, and you lose that, that can be catastrophic for an RTO. So yeah. that's something that I find, um, you know, most frustrating. And, you know, we talked earlier about collaboration. I think that's another piece, you know, that we've got to get better at. You know, that's not just RTO to RTO. That's government. They've got to, they've got to hear different perspectives, and we've got to look at you know technology and the way things are being done and the way people want to learn. Yeah, they want to. We've got to. We've got to be not two years behind it. We've got to be testing and trying. And you know, one thing through COVID that I thought was really good. I, I know that I got asked for some feedback on some programs the government in, implemented. I said to them, let's just look at the proof of what we did. They were able to roll out a program quickly, which was for infectious disease, get a unit of competency, give everyone the content and roll it out nationally with funding so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> they got rid of all the barriers and, you know, sure, there might have been some prickly bits along the ways. Yeah, well, things yeah. that happened along the way, but, you know, what was the point? They were trying to get, roll out a some learning for everyone nationally that was funded that people could get access to quickly and they did it, you know. And if things needed to change along the way, we could do that rather than, you know, making it so difficult up front. Yeah. You know, it, you know and that's that perfection. I like, you know, um, I just, I love that saying is, is progress over perfection. It, you, it won't be perfect, but let's get going. And that's, I left the message meeting and said to him, let's just try and do more of that. <laughs> fair yeah if only it was that easy yeah i think um something that i i find a bit challenging is is the fact that um we are often it feels a little bit like we're on the back foot you know we have to we're reacting rather than being proactive i think with a lot of the stuff that goes on in industry and even if you go back to what you were talking about before with vet for help or even just other rtos that you know maybe have decided to close or if things have changed for them or whatever like we need to be more on the front foot explaining to people what's happening, what the situations are. Because one of the things that happens is when there's no story, people make up their own. Yeah, so it's important to actually communicate. I think it's just it does come back to the basics of just communicating better within industry and giving people learnings like what we're talking to. And that allows people to take in the information relevant to them and improve on how they do things or, or you know, maybe change some of the things that they do. But the fact that sometimes there is zero communication coming from from government at times and some of the um you know regulators there's a lack of transparency with some of those things and i think that's frustrating for me because we could be on the front foot and you know have a much better image portrayed of this industry if we have 
the tools and the information to do so. Well, it comes back to that point, though, collaboration, though. If they, yeah. You know, if we have some authentic conversations and, and work together, we can definitely um, help each other, which is a advocate for the industry and promote it better. But handle those difficult times when people, when something goes wrong, you know, who knows what's happened there. But, you know, the experience with the apprentice or the student or whatever, whatever the path they're in at that time, you know, we want the government to work with us to make that better. And I think we can do that together. Yeah, it, ha- it is improving. It continues to, um, to change. And I think that those messages that are being heard and, we, you know, we're seeing a lot of good things, a lot of good initiatives coming out. So hopefully we can... Uh, be part of the solution and continue to strive to improve what we do and obviously all of industry and, and obviously the generation coming up is going to be the, the beneficiaries. I don't even know if we answered that question. Did we answer that question? You don't think two, so? Two things. Two things. What's well, your, two, what, well what's you your kind of said thing? two things. You, the second one was around the collaboration. Okay. What about, okay, so over to you though. What's your... What's I just gave one. Do you need a second one? No, I'm just thinking. What about? Well, you know, we don't want to. I don't like talking about the negative, to be yeah. honest. Well, you I just a, think yeah. like there's so many good things. I'll, I'm well, let's talk about the good things. What are two things you enjoy about art? What's good about art here, world? Like, well, honestly, the the best thing out of all of it is the fact that there is, and this is the stuff I want to really put out there more is the the genuine change that it it achieves within people's lives, and it can be employers that you know from an employer perspective they're trying to navigate a difficult sector right now and looking after their staff and giving them new pathways and opportunities to improve you know purpose is a big part of it some people study because they want the purpose of learning and growing other people do it because of the skill to get them into a career like we see all of that stuff that's easily the most rewarding thing especially when you actually get to celebrate those stories you know we've got the training awards coming up state does an amazing job highlighting some of those things there and, and highlighting people within our sector that are making a difference. Like I want to just see more of that, more of those stories, how we get that out there, how we, you know, somehow get these things captured in the news cycle so that people are aware. Cause I don't know if anyone ever hears about it outside of our sector. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it, it does need to go more deep to other parts of the industry so people can see it's a daily and you know, to this podcast is so people learn from others what they've yeah. done because organizations some don't they don't know what they can they don't know they don't know what to do or how to do it or how to attack it differently so you know learning from others is a great way to do that yeah absolutely collaboration you just came back to it see <laughs> it's the key to all things it is well that wraps us up for the first episode well, we made it we did it it'll get better as we go along but we we wanted well, to start progress over perfection, yeah. as you said. Progress over perfection. <laughs> it's been a journey to get here, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm keen to talk more with you. I think, you know, we'll the guests we get in will be really interesting to hear their insights. That you know, we're our, we don't want to live in our bubble. We want to hear from other people. No, absolutely and not. This is our first episode covering a little bit about us and this sector is really where it begins, but it's certainly not where we're going. There's a lot more that we want to unpack, and um, yeah, the stories from other people and other industries is going to be gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it we've got a few guests lined up already in the coming days and there's um there's a lot going on yeah it'll be really good i look forward to the next one all good catch us here on the next episode um obviously please share and subscribe uh any feedback is welcome too and uh we look forward to catching on the next episode thanks